From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Thursday edition of The Drive. Uh, a, a damp Thursday. It's not... Uh, it's 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 not completely soaked yet, but it's coming. Uh, it, it it is threatened most of the day. Uh, it's sprinkled a few times, some big drops as I was on the way in, and uh, yeah, we've got a pretty good chance of rain the rest of the afternoon, throughout the evening, and into tomorrow. Uh, it looks like looks like it may be out of here, um, you know, sometime around midday tomorrow, and then possibly come back in um so if there's anybody who's going to be camping out over at, <laughs> at the arena uh you probably want some some rain gear uh hope you've got a nice weatherproof tent it's not going to be frigidly cold like it has been before a couple of times but uh, it's likely to be wet well we hope we can uh, we hope we can you know help you feel warm and dry here today on the drive it's bill Carter, who just uh, soloed a couple of hours of, of uh, on the line, is is uh, in here as well. So I'll try not to tax him <laughs> too much here this afternoon. We've got our regular Thursday afternoon guest in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. Zepp Jasper will join us for Tiger Takes at the bottom of hour number 2. We'll, of course, get his thoughts previewing Alabama, looking back on a couple of tough losses in the last week for Auburn. I mean, Auburn's lost four out of five. But three of those losses have been games where, you know, Auburn has to look back and feel like, hey, they had a chance. Coming from 16 down, having a chance against West Virginia, hanging in there the entire game against Tennessee and Texas A&M. They've lost four quad one games by 14 points. Mm -hmm. Those are three of them. And and it's uh, interesting. I I heard Stephen Pearl um, talking about the fact that he 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 would like Auburn people to realize Auburn's playing well. They feel like yeah. Auburn is playing well right now. They just haven't closed some ball games. They've got to uh, clean up some things. They've got to figure ways to finish the ball games better. But it's not. He doesn't feel like they're playing poorly at all. He feels like they're playing well. Oh, when I look at the last, and I made this point on the uh, on my show uh, earlier today, the last four games. I think you can look at each of them kind of in a vacuum and take away a lot of positives because West Virginia, you dig that sixteen yeah, point come back from sixteen on the road you're down in that atmosphere in the second yep. half. You come back, you get within one, you you show tremendous fight. You play a great offensive second half. You get some momentum there. You carry that into Georgia, where you play a full forty minute game for the first time since what Washington? Yeah, and, I, and Steven said maybe, that was that Arkansas? was the best efficiency offensive efficiency from an Auburn basketball team in over 20 years yeah I mean in in the Bruce Pearl era in back-to-back games it's really funny actually uh you had the best offensive efficiency game in the Georgia game and the second worst in the yeah. Bruce Pearl, but era. one of the better defensive games yes 100 uh but you you go on the road to to 
Tennessee, and you have the second worst offensive efficiency game of the Bruce Pearl era. I think the other one is maybe like year one or year two Bruce in a game where they scored 35 against Tulsa. But that game, I feel like you bring your C-minus offensive game, and you have a chance at a top six team. Don't know where they're going to be in the next poll after losing that game last night and the way that they've looked on offense the past couple times out. But you have a chance... To go to OT at the very end, and we can talk about that call, but you didn't get it, and you were you were right there, even when you didn't have your A mm-hmm. game. And then I thought on Tuesday, I thought Auburn was the better team on the court. I thought I, I, Auburn, I, I thought Auburn played well. Um, sure, they got called for a lot of fouls. If you want to call it that tightly, I still think they played well. Well, if, I think if, they if you play, call it I mean, that tightly they, in a very physical game, I don't feel like the foul should be thirty-nine to four, or the foul shot should be thirty-nine. No, no, to you're you're right, and I don't want to I don't want to stay on that for too long. But no, I didn't think Auburn played poor defensively. I did. I thought Auburn played well offensively. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, now the here's the thing. I mean, fans uh, will will carry that. That's going to be lingering with the fans a lot yeah. more than it will with the players that are going out there because Alabama's coming in. In you know less than forty eight hours, I will say that 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 A and M game. The my last thing that was is a little bit odd is, have you seen the the free throw rate numbers for for that game? Which is like no. the ratio of free throw attempts to field goal attempts. Last in the country as far as a defense is is concerned at St. Peter's this year, like fifty four point two percent. In that game, seventy two point. Oh yeah. Because because uh, A and M caught years. up in the first half while Auburn was scoring and they weren't making any field goals. They yeah. went four minutes without a field goal and caught up while Auburn was scoring. I believe it may have been Justin Hokinson or maybe it was Nathan King. Somebody put out a tweet that there were twelve foul calls to end the first half and ten of them were called on right. Auburn. Well. From, it was the worst. There were six throw, consecutive uh, against Auburn. It was the worst free throw rate. Six straight game trips that Auburn has like been a victim of in eight years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a little bit of an outlier game. I think Auburn was a better team on the court. I think Auburn, um, if you play that game neutral side, if you play that game in Auburn or in Neville Arena, I think Auburn wins that game. First time out against A and M, I didn't think that Auburn was no no ready no no physically no A and M A and M took it to Auburn and Auburn back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this time, no, Auburn played well. Now they've got to play better than that. They've got to play yep. uh, better than they have played all year. They need to play the, the Georgia game, the quality of the Georgia game offensively, and the Tennessee game defensively to have a chance against Alabama. An Alabama team uh, that we'll get into here in just a little bit. Uh, has has some ridiculous numbers as as they have yes. they have just uh, strolled through the SEC thus far. Let's take care of a little business. Want to let you know our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and Kia of Auburn dot com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline. Love to hear from you. Um, the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text us on the drive text box brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that number is 334-564-1840. So, uh, so with that said, all right, we'll, we'll get back into it. Yeah. This, this Alabama team. And here's what's crazy. I, I've, I have heard multiple people say this and what you, the first thing that jumps out to you at Alabama is, has been the, 
just how easily they've handled the Southeastern Conference. One game, one SEC game has been decided by single digits this year. That was the Mississippi State game in Tuscaloosa. A state team that they beat by 11 in Starkville came in, and Alabama beat them by three. But they have not allowed 70 points to an, to any SEC team yet. They have won their SEC games by an average of 22 points. Mm-hmm. And like I said, just one game, every game has been won by double digits except for that Mississippi State game. It's not just their offense. It's not just... Their three-point shooting, which they love to do. I believe they lead the SEC in three-pointers per game, just under 33-point attempts per game. They are they are very efficient defensively mm-hmm. as well, and that is the biggest change and the biggest reason that Alabama is one of the best teams in the nation this year. Yeah, they're a better defensive team when you look at the yeah. adjusted defensive efficiency than Auburn is. I mean, Alabama's sixth, Auburn's 14th. Auburn is the number four defense in the country against the three-pointer, uh, allowing 27.2% of opposing three-pointers to be made. Alabama is second. Yeah. So they're somehow better at 20. Well, they're longer on the perimeter too. That's one thing. I mean, it's not just an accident. An accident. They've got guys that it's much tougher to shoot threes over. Yeah, and you and you talked about that Mississippi State game. Uh, and while I think that that game's a little bit of an outlier, that's a Mississippi State team that I think is better. Than oh, they're the much is. better. Their schedule. They're, their schedule. We, their schedule we, we're looking at as difficult yeah. as I've ever seen. Well, we're, we're looking at how difficult Auburn's schedule is now. That's what State had at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, they went They went just in conference play. They opened Alabama at Tennessee. Then they got Mississippi, the Ole Miss. Then they went to Georgia, to Auburn. Then got Tennessee, Florida, Alabama all in a row. Yeah, that's, that's, that's unbelievably it difficult. Is. Uh, but this Alabama team when they are hot, when they are clicking on all cylinders, they are as dominant of a team as I think I've uh, seen. When they're the clicking SEC on all cylinders, time. they're they're by. I think they're without doubt the best team in the nation. When yes. they're clicking on all cylinders. But but isn't it a little like it's a little weird? The the outlier games or is that two games? The Oklahoma where game is the one state, that you state. Hates what you in the world? Oklahoma. Yeah. I know Oklahoma shot. Out of their minds in that game. They did. They were just red hot. At one point, they were like 66% from three, and they had shot like 15 threes or something mm-hmm. at that point in the game. Um, but, and then I think this team, this Alabama team at certain spots can kind of play with its food. Like, I look at that 10 point win at LSU, just with how bad that LSU yeah. team is. If they wanted to, they could win that game by 25 30, but they kind of let LSU hang in there. But, what they did against Vanderbilt, what they did against Florida, Florida. last night. Oh, yeah. What, they, what they've done. There were a lot of people going, oh, hey, Florida, that could be a tough mm-hmm. challenge. Yeah, Alabama led by, was it, it was 30 at the half. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, they got up by a ton. They were red hot to open the game. And it was, whew, it was ugly. It was an ugly start for Florida, but which Florida weirdly has these horrific starts. Oh, they, on you're right. They definitely can. Did you, yeah. did you see the, in the, First half, before I turned it off, and I was like, it was the moment that made me turn the game off. Myrian Jones gets a steal, just jumps a pass. I've never seen somebody more wide open on a layup, and I've also never seen somebody miss a layup worse in my life. 
And as soon as I saw that, I was like, this game's over. Uh-uh, I'm turning it off. This is not worth my time anymore. Nah, I was, I was doing something, and I saw the score and went, that's okay. Uh, I can, I can, I can catch up on something else. Yeah. Because it was already like, uh, 18, really, I mean, really I mean, early. It was 40 to 15. Yeah. To start the, with six minutes left in the first half. Yeah. They scored 40 points already and held so, Florida to 15. So, I mean, we, we will see. Now, I mean, Auburn, Auburn definitely has a chance. I mean, I think Auburn can be as tough a matchup for Alabama as anybody they played. They're going to come into a wildly hostile environment. Um, the fact that, that game day is three hours before tip and you can't go anywhere and get back in. You can't <laughs> leave and get back in. So that means um, when the Alabama team walks out onto the court the you know the, you're going to have a huge crowd on them right then. I mean, they will not have any um, peaceful moments to even walk the court when they when they come out for the for the for the anything pregame. What an hour and a half before mm-hmm. tip. It's going to be crazy. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be catching it then. And Alabama did beat Nate Oates has beaten Bruce at the arena. But it was a COVID year when there, mm-hmm. when it could not be full. Alabama has not beaten Auburn at the Auburn Arena with a full crowd since 2015. How about that? That's yeah. a that's a crazy stat when you think about. So it. I mean Auburn, Auburn, and Auburn's lost that home game now. It's like mm-hmm. they they you know they they sure want to defend the home court as as well as possible. Tremendously tall task against Alabama, but I mean I I can't wait. What I wonder, the Auburn bench has given Auburn just nothing. Nothing lately. You're right. Games. You're right. This is going to be a game where they have to show up mm-hmm. because that was is... supposed to be that was going to be one of Auburn's mm-hmm. strengths. And early on this year, Auburn, you know, well, nobody you... outscored. Nobody had better numbers off the bench than Auburn. When you had a fully healthy Chris Moore and he was playing the best ball of his career and he was in the starting lineup and you could bring Alan Flanagan off right. the bench and KD had some spurts where he played well. Trey had some spurts where he played well. Uh, I mean, even Dylan at times has had some some decent moments this season, uh, but right now it's been pretty rough, especially because I still don't think Chris is what he was before the injury. Uh, Trey no. Trey is really up and down. There's moments where you're like he looks really good, and then there's just there's <clears> moments <throat> where I feel like he kind of gets lost, and you see some of the freshmen in him. We saw a little more the other night of what we talked about a few weeks ago of of, of Trey and Wendell on the court at the same and time. It, it was a really I great like run. I like it. it. Looked, I liked it, it the first time we saw it to have two ball handlers ball uh, that, that can do something. I mean, Trey is is not going to beat you consistently from the outside, but he definitely can penetrate and dish. Were you surprised that we didn't really see it in the second half at all? I wondered how much. Yeah, I, freshness I, I, of I, legs, I was. I was a little bit. I'm, and, you know, you've got to try to figure a way where Wendell gets a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because if he's just at the one and then shifting over to the two, uh, you want him fresh there, as fresh as you That's can fair. at the end. But I mean, I think you've got to expect he's going to well, play 32 a game. In at this least. game, in this game, Alabama's the number one tempo team in the country. Right. They have 73.6 possessions per, per game, which is the most in the country. Their average possession length on offense is 15.1 seconds. There's times where it feels like Auburn isn't even remotely moving in an offensive set. 15 seconds into the shot clock and that's their average possession length yeah I, you know auburn would auburn would prefer to run but yes, i wonder i don't think they know, have the team to yeah. run this year i like 
the Final Four team, that team wanted to get out, run, get transition threes, yep. get transition points. Well, you'd rip and run. I mean, yes. that's the thing. And the first thing you've got to do is rebound. Mm-hmm. And Auburn has been giving up too many offensive rebounds this year to be yes. worrying about sending people down court and hoping that their one guy is going to be is going to get all the rebounds. That's been the one thing that has disappointed me the most when you watch Auburn on defense when the other team shoots the ball there's two three four guys moving toward the rim mm-hmm. to try to get offensive rebounds for the other team. On when Auburn's on offense, shot goes up especially if it's from the outside. There's one guy down there. Everybody else is starting to get back on defense. Yeah, you, well, yeah, they're almost overly concerned yeah. about the other team beating them down court and getting like, a there fast was, break. There was one against, I believe it was against Tennessee. Somebody shot a three, and we know Auburn's not, not a team full of great three-point shooters, and it hit off the side of the rim, and Zepp's already started back on defense, and, and the, the ball, ball goes bounced right where he was. Yeah, I remember it. It hit the court. It hit the floor. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing. If a rebound hits the floor somewhere, especially where somebody had been standing, you go, "Oh man!" Yeah, what? and that, I feel like that's happened a lot this year. That's been something that I have not loved out of this Auburn team because I feel like they could be. I guess they're not a horrendous offensive rebounding team. They're actually pretty good. No. if you look at the numbers, but I feel like they could be so much better. I feel like they could be so much better, and they're and you see some teams take advantage of their size and numbers on the offensive end and getting offensive have you, against Auburn. Have you seen a line yet on the game? I have not. Uh, I was you know, seeing people speculating. See, that that that's what I hate about college basketball. Like you know the matchups for a few days. Yeah. the lines take. They want to wait till to, it, it'll be tomorrow. I yeah, just wanted tomorrow evening. Yeah, I was just out. wondering if if uh, you'd heard anybody talking about it because. Um, Alabama is going to be favored. Uh, it'll be just interesting to see. Since, as I said, they've only had one game under, under double digits. But this will, be, um, this will be as hostile an environment as they've been in. They went to Oklahoma. It was pretty hostile there. You know, that's where Auburn, you know, uh, is, is hoping that the atmosphere at the arena really can be something that, that um, you know, that gives them that extra boost. All right, we need to get to our first break. Just getting underway here on the Thursday drive. We've got some audio we, we might get to. Just depends on, you know, the opportunities. Your calls come first. Give us your thoughts on uh, Auburn, Alabama basketball. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, Super Bowl thoughts and picks, if you'd like to get them in as we're just underway here on the Thursday drive. Now. More of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill and Carter here in the studio, Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Give us your thoughts on basketball. Well, what a crazy what a crazy year it's been in the Southeastern Conference. Who would have thought that Texas A&M would be all alone in second place? Well, Auburn right now, as bad as seems things seem, Auburn's fourth, tied for fourth. And if you that's where you, you want you want to hang in the top four to get the you know to get the buy there and get the you know not have to play your first couple of days in the SEC tournament and you got a chance to go 
earn the tiebreaker against against the team you're tied with in Kentucky. That's right. Who is struggling now? I mean, you think Auburn, they're, Auburn they're, fans think things up, are going bad? Is there more up-and-down team in the SEC this year than them? Yeah, how? Because like at times they, they like, went they, they went to Knoxville, and they but I mean now you're starting to look in Tennessee. It's like how good is? I keep hearing oh Tennessee is. I heard I heard Chris a while ago going Tennessee's one of the best teams in the country. Are they? Are they really? Or is the entire country that beatable? Because Tennessee is beatable. So Very. here's here's what's fascinating when you look at Kim Palm right now. The top fifteen teams in Kim Palm. Tennessee it has the worst offensive adjusted efficiency in the top 15 in Kempom. They're the number 4 team, but the reason why they're hanging in there and everybody thinks so highly of them is just because they of their are defense. Clearly by far the number 1 adjusted defensive team in the country. So, that's why I guess that people are like, "Oh, well that that defense, but yeah, but if, if you uh, if you play that game, I mean they are they are the sixty third adjusted offensive team in the country. I don't think that bodes well for them in the postseason, no, and that's I mean, been a problem for Rick. All Barnes. you need is one been a problem team. for Rick Barnes in the past is you know making deep runs, trying to make deep runs in the tournament. To me, you don't want to be an outlier team on like unbelievable at defense and okay at offense, or unbelievable at offense. And oh yeah, okay at you're you're absolutely you go, right. You, you have a you offense, have an off night offensively. You're toast. And if another what, team gets hot against you, then you're dead. That's what I think the the flaw was for some of the really good NATO to Alabama teams before this year. Yeah, is there defense. unbelievable yes. on offense? But they were not that special on defense, and you run into that off game, and things can go haywire in a hurry in tournament play. Yeah, this 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 Alabama team, a a uh, a talented team that that thus far, I mean, they've really bought in and played defense. I, you know, a lot of folks wondered would would a Nate Oates team ever really play good defense? Well, this one thus far is, and it's yeah. and it's really paying off. I mean, they've got a couple of they've got some great young players. I don't know how long they're going to have. Brandon Miller's going to be a one and done for sure. Oh, yes. But uh, Quinterly's been there for Quinterly has been, and now he's turned he's turned into a really really good guy off the bench. Yeah, for them. Yeah, how about that? You, I wouldn't have thought that Quinterly in his fifth year of college would be a bench player, and just based off the numbers, the third best guard that they have on that team. Now, if you had told me that two years ago, I would have been like, no way, Mm -hmm. because he was such a he was such a critical piece on that team that was. That won the SEC uh, tournament and won the regular season a couple years ago, and then uh, inside uh, Noah Clowney is he's playing is really well, pretty darn good freshman mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an Alabama team that that's probably the the thing that I'm sneaky most concerned about with this Auburn game is does Auburn have the guards to match up with their three guards? And I just I don't. I mean, even no, and if, Alabama if, if rebounds. It, Alabama rebounds it so well mm-hmm. too. And it, when it, they it, miss, they rebound very well. Even if Wendell gives you, if he wins a matchup, which against Sears, I think it's going to be really hard for him to do because I think I think Sears is a really really good player that mm-hmm. maybe is underrated in this conference. You still have Jaden Bradley. You still have Quinn Early, and there's a lot of guys on this Alabama team. This this Alabama team. And Amari is Burnett is is mm-hmm. healthy now and, and playing well too. So this this Alabama team is a, I think, much more well rounded 
oh, version yes. of last year's Auburn team, kind of. Like they have some similar similar pieces, but the guard plays better. Uh they may not have a true Walker Kessler back there, but they've got solid play out of their big men. Like this team is to me is better primed to be a deep, deep, deep tournament run team than last year's Auburn team was around this point. Yeah, well, Betty Yako's gotten a whole lot better. He's gotten a whole lot better. I mean, so you they they can go you know six ten and seven foot there inside with uh, Clowney and Betty Yako. So they they pretty much got it all. So I mean, Brandon Miller in the Ken Palm Player of the Year standings, fifth best player in the country. Yeah, and one of those no is, is the other two at the top are Zach Eady and Trace Jackson Davis, who are the two best centers in yeah. in the Big Ten and. Really, the two best centers in the country this season. Zach Eady is—it's stupid watching him play basketball because his head touches the rim. Oh, no kidding! And he gets 13, 15 rebounds a game. Just standing, and he can stand flat-footed and do that. <laughs> exactly, it's crazy watching him play. He's a runaway leader, by the way, in the Kim Pom mm-hmm. Player of the Year. All right, we're approaching our uh, bottom of the hour break. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball when we come back. Had a chance to uh, sit in with the media with the the Auburn assistant baseball coaches. Working on uh, getting Butch Thompson on the show next week. We will have John Cohen, Auburn's AD, on the drive next Tuesday. So we can talk about some of those other things, but uh, love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn Hotline as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. Let's get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill Carter. As Dan has, Dan's got a, an early game. I believe they're about to get started. Uh, Troy's got a game to this afternoon, and then they're on the road. They're at Louisiana Monroe on Saturday, so he'll be out That's tomorrow. Quick turnaround, man. That is my it. goodness. He just he just rode the bus all the way to <laughs> Texas and back last week, and he's going to Louisiana and back. This weekend, wow! I mean, that's forty-eight hour turnaround. I mean, I you don't really see that. Well, no, well, see that it's because they have an uneven number of teams. It used to be um, they 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 try to pair up. Like if they go out west, they'd play uh, the two Louisiana teams or something like that. When teams would come to Alabama, they'd play Mm -hmm. Troy and South. You know, but there's one weekend where teams have to play Uh, one home and one away. Yeah. And this is their weekend to do that. I, mean, I was about to say, I mean, and it's tough that the one away is Louisiana Monroe, which is basically Texas. Yeah, I haven't seen the the forty eight hour turnaround really in college basketball this year, with the exception of Northwestern came off an eight day COVID pause and then had to play six games in thirteen days to catch wow. back up with the rest of the Big Ten on their schedule. <laughs> Which That's is tough. which was a brutal run for them, and they somehow went four and two. Yeah, they did. They played actually <laughs> better there than two. maybe they ought to play uh, more more <laughs> often. Um, now I mentioned baseball a little while ago. Auburn baseball uh, set to get underway a week from tomorrow. Hey, the weather forecast has changed. Yesterday, 
The last few days when I'd been looking at the forecast, there was a chance of a pretty good chance of rain for Friday and Saturday. That chance has now been pushed back to Sunday, ah. but it's going to be chilly. It's going to be in the 50s with lows in the 30s for the opening of uh, baseball. But, hey, I'm, I'm just looking forward to baseball. Today, the SEC um, released its preseason um, the preseason coaches poll. And Auburn not getting much more respect than they did that? a year ago after Crazy. going to its second College World Series in the last three years that they that the College World Series has been held. Auburn has picked sixth in the West and twelfth overall in the SEC. Am I crazy that I don't understand putting Alabama? I know Alabama's got this awesome Friday night starter, but what has Alabama done in the last decade, really, that would tell you that that program is primed to better? better That's going to be better than Auburn. And Butch and Butch has put together back to back to back top recruiting classes. This is a top ten class that's in here this fall. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's fine. I think, I think all the coaches, Gabe mentioned this, uh, uh, Carl Nunnemaker mentioned this, Butch has talked about it. It's like, fine, go ahead and do that. And that's just, that's just a chip that, that we use and put on our shoulder. How about the fact that Tennessee got zero SEC champion votes despite being picked first in the East? Yeah. That tells that's you, interesting. that tells you how strong the West is, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was about to ask this. Do you think the entire West, all seven of them, could would slot in ahead of South Carolina in the East? Uh, they could. I think they, they very could. easily could. Yeah, no question. Um, but but yeah, so so really excited about the start of baseball. And uh, today we we had an opportunity to spend some time with the assistant coaches. And I thought we'd let you hear some of the comments from uh, Carl Nonamaker. And and uh, we we sort of came in as he was asked about one of those freshmen, one that we've heard an awful lot about, and that is the uh, powerful left-handed hitting catcher slash DH slash maybe first baseman, Ike Irish. He is, he's got great vision. He really sees the ball. He's extremely competitive, and he's really strong. And you start thinking about some of the freshmen that we've had that have played right away you know you think about Stephen Williams and Edwall right away Ike has excellent vision right that is is at a level as good as anybody and he's that strong <laughs> it just makes you think that that he's a guy that he doesn't need the weight room he doesn't need to work on his vision he doesn't need to get tougher he's coming in as a pretty complete package that's ready to compete and he's got that tool I remember the Alabama bat after Bobby lined out I don't know if you guys were here but he had like an 11 pitch at bat that's kind of what he brings he brings some tightness and some some blue collar feel so he's got a lot he's got a lot of what you're looking for I know Bush has talked about Cole making the transition to shortstop um, but just I guess when somebody is, is making the transition to that spot what kind of goes into that because I know Generally, it's, it's regarded as one of the more difficult positions in the infield to play. Just... Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think it's interesting to realize, you know, it's like Gavin Miller was a high school shortstop for most of us. Bryson Ware was, you know, so I, I know that wasn't the question, but Cole was a shortstop his whole life. And 
when he got here, Ryan Bliss was a shortstop his whole life, and Ryan Bliss played second just because maybe you have an older guy that talks a little bit more, that sees the game a little bit more. The shortstop needs to know what everybody's doing and be the quarterback in the infield more than the second baseman does. And then Brody Moore was a shortstop his whole life, and Brody Moore and Ryan Bliss were very neck and neck as as shortstops, and we ended up playing Ryan at second, Brody at second. And then he slid back over. So really this is like if Cole's 21 years old, he's played shortstop for 13 years and second base for one ever since he's been playing baseball, really. Yeah. So there was actually a transition to get him ready for second base. And now it's just sending him back to what his natural position is. Mm -hmm. But what is required of him is to talk more and to be a, be a quarterback more. And those are things that he didn't have to do when that was more of Brody's responsibility last year. That's the biggest thing, handling the running game. Our middle infielders are the ones that put picks on. Um, those are the things we'll need Cole to do more than just fielding and throwing. And defensively, how important and how good does it feel to have a catcher green like you guys have? You know, for this you know we joke around. It's like... We, it, it, we, we have um, a lot of things happened, right? You know, you weren't sure Ike Irish was going to get to school. You thought Nate, Nate LaRue turned down an opportunity to, to sign, right? So he was offered and, and came back. We're going into the draft last year thinking, like, okay, our catching might be – we might be looking for a catcher because we might have Carter right around down. We like to have three or four catchers on the roster. And so you get a guy to turn down the draft out of high school. You get a guy to turn down the draft out of college. And then you have two other pretty good players that are there. We love the options. Now, obviously, the most important thing is whatever one guy's in there has to play better than the other guy that, on the other team. So it's not just the three that are on the bench. It's, you know, hopefully those guys have versatility. Dial can hit. Ike can hit. But I think we feel confident knowing that we have a, as deep of a catching group as you can have. How much have you seen Nate grow? In, in just since this time last year when he's on the mound still throwing he's throwing you know, bullpens and, and actually pitching in games early last season. In the beginning of last year, we weren't sure if Nate's best position was to pitch or catch, you know, and everybody, you know, he had scout interest out of high school as both. And it's been amazing to see him take control of the game. It's been amazing to see how much growth from 2021 to 2022 he's had. He has grown in every area. He has grown with his communication. He's grown in work ethic. He's grown in the energy he brings behind the plate. He's grown everywhere. And we, we're really, really happy about what he's done because it's been a lot of hard work and some adversity. And so Nate, Nate's in a great place, and we think his best baseball is ahead of him. The key is, you know, staying hungry and... Um, He's done a great job developing some of the other guys and pouring into the other guys. So he's definitely a leader on this team that we need a lot from. Carl, how do you think this team will react to pick six in the West by the season coaches? No players on first or second team all the I think we're used to it. Um, that That's just a fact. There, there's a lot of good teams in, in our conference, and we're used to it. I think we know that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks for the season. That's why you play the games, and it's a cliche thing to say, but, you know, do you let your guard down if everybody tells you you're going to be great, if everybody pats you on the back? We, we're used to being underestimated, and we're, honestly, we're pretty comfortable with it. It wouldn't change a single thing if everybody thought we were going to win the league, or well, we still have 30 SEC games to play in a 56-game schedule that 
undoubtedly will be one of the top five hardest schedules in the country. So the only thing we care about is is the end of season ranking. We know we have a lot of work to do, but that is the only thing we're we're concerned with. And that's uh. Coach Carl Nunnemaker, one of uh, the assistants we had a chance to talk with. Auburn baseball getting started next Friday against Indiana. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind sports-wise. Bill and Carter here. Drew at the controls. Let's get a phone call in before we get to our final break of hour number one. And Terry is up. Hey, Terry. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. Bill, I heard you singing the praises of the almighty Crimson Tide. And uh, I just, uh, the one thing everybody's leaving out. I just don't think the SEC is that good this year. Now they're the best team. They're the most, they're the most complete team. They're they're a fundamentally sound team. But the SEC is not that good this year. Let's be honest. The SEC is not the best conference in the country. No, no, no I'm not. I'm not claiming they are. Big Twelve by mine. But but uh, but yeah, Alabama is by far the best team in this league. Oh, by far. By far, and, and yes, but but they're not infallible. Losses. I mean, we saw you know you saw what happened to them at Oklahoma. Now I don't which, know that Auburn. Which, which how, how much of that is is Oklahoma just Alabama having a little bit of? A oh yeah, but I, that's what I was going to say. I don't know that Auburn can do what Oklahoma did, oh, and can't. that is just shoot lights we, out. We haven't seen that for a, for a half. this year. We haven't seen them shoot no. fifty something percent for the entire game. And well, they were at, from you know they were at fifty percent though with about three or four minutes left in the uh, uh, in the A and M game the other night. They were right at fifty percent. They finished the, the night at forty six. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, but hopefully like, that's a Oklahoma that's a good was like sign. Fifty six percent for the game yeah, against Alabama. Well, remember, uh, Bill Carter, they're blowing out by the SEC, but their losses have been double digits too. Well, yeah, but they're also like better losses than everybody else in the SEC yeah. has. Yeah, I, I just don't see it, guys. I just, I mean, you know, I think I, I hope you're right. I gotta be gotta be careful not to peak at the wrong time. Now you're right. Yeah, because yeah, last last year at this time, uh, you know, Auburn was number one. I just, and, I just and, think and that this, this Alabama team is better built to sustain their peak than Auburn was. Auburn was, especially when you had... When you I had think there are a lot of similarities. Team. Yeah, I, just think, are, I think their, I agree their guard did. play is better. Their guard play is deeper. That's true. Uh, and then you look at... Uh, Auburn's front court was a whole lot better. Yeah, than, yeah. Than but, but then, you, I mean... You have the Kessler injury that also threw the extra yep. wrench into everything, and he looked like a different player after he hurt that shoulder. I mean, that could happen to Alabama, absolutely. Well, but that's true. I just feel like because their guard play feels that much better than Auburn last year, I think that they're probably more capable of sustaining what they're doing right now deeper into the season. I'm not going to say that they're going to go to the Final Four. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship. But I do feel like they will be built better to make a deeper run than we saw Auburn. They'll mess up somebody's bracket, probably mine. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm surely not saying that Auburn can't win. Auburn can win. Alabama should win. Right, right. I, mean, I just think that the comparisons, I don't think they have a combination like, like Auburn and Lester with uh, Smith and Kessler. I really don't. I think they have Brandon, Brad, the, the kid, the freshman you mentioned. Brandon, Brandon Miller. Brandon Miller. Brandon yeah. Miller. Yeah, he, as, as good as he is, I think he's as good as either one of them, but they don't have the two. Yeah. Two guys. Yeah. Well, they don't. I mean, the thing is, Walker Kessler was just he he, he stopped everybody's inside I mean, game. Yeah, he, last he year. eliminated the paint for every yeah. team Auburn played. Well, let me tell you why Auburn's going to lose by double digits on Saturday, Alabama. <laughs> Wendell Green's going to shoot him into a double digit loss. Okay. Wendell Green's the only reason that Auburn was in the ball game the other night. Terry. I agree. I, look, no, I don't disagree with that. He also takes a bunch of 25, 26 foot shots that digs them in holes. It it can, and you're right. I mean, he. But I'll say this. 
Uh, a lot of the ones he takes in the middle of the ball game, he yes. seems to hit. I, I do think at the end of the ball game, he his, he's lost his legs a little bit because he's had to ex- expend so much effort. But the other thing I said this yesterday, Terry, Auburn's got to have somebody else that wants the ball and and, be, and, and doesn't feel the pressure there at the end of a ball game. Wendell is the only Jaylen one. Williams. And and well, Jalen had the ball in his hands and, and had a chance at a three oh. and passed it back to Wendell. I so agree. Wendell has to take that shot. Jalen Williams is the one player that it, if you gave Jalen Williams Katie Johnson's confidence, you'd have a top five. Oh, player you're in the not ACC. kidding. He'd be he'd be he'd be, so a, he'd be an NBA if he guy. Had that just yes. killer instinct where he was. He lived for that big moment, like Jabari did last year. Jabari, go back to last year. There's so many games where Auburn's out of the game in the last two right. minutes. Jabari goes nuts hitting threes and one threes and just clawing Auburn back into games, and it was unbelievable. If Jalen had that mentality, you'd see a top-five player in the SEC in my mind. But he what? just doesn't have that yeah, for some and, reason. And, and, the, and the other thing, Terry, is, I mean, it, it does seem that they're at the end of games – Auburn has a lot of players that just sort of stand there and watch Wendell. Yeah. You've got to have that. You know, somebody's got to be moving so that uh, another player could get it's, the ball and uh, have an open shot. I will say, I don't love the amount of threes that Wendell settles for. For a guy no, who shoots you're the right. three at twenty eight percent, he shot nine threes in all, although although his, his his percentage has gotten better in conference play, which is which well, is crazy. Barely, he, he's. It's gotten worse in the past week. I, I well, know that cause yeah. he's gone three of fourteen uh, in the past two two SEC games. I mean, he's. I think I think I did the math on it. I think he's five of thirty five from three in Auburn's losses this year, which is just so bad. Well, I think that tells you a lot, though. Yeah, it tells you a lot. If if he were you know ten for thirty five, uh, yep. you know, if he were shooting twenty nine percent, which isn't great. Auburn wouldn't have lost nearly as many games. Agreed. Agreed. But he's been wildly inefficient in yeah. Auburn's losses, and he just takes so many shots in those I games. think there's he just so one, much on him. He took so, uh, one two-point shot in Knoxville. That's not his recipe for, for success. He When he does get to the paint and he gets some good He luck, usually gets fouled. Free throw line, yeah. yeah. But he took one two-point shot, and it was with three, six, nine-plus guys around him, and they packed it into the second row. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just... I think he's the biggest ball hog in the country, quite honestly. But let me ask you let me ask you a very quick baseball question first. All right. Okay, did they limit did they change one of the rules as far as throws over to first this year? I don't know about that. I know that they have instituted a ten run rule after seven innings in the SEC this year. Because the guy told me yesterday that they limit to one throw and I think that's ridiculous. You're talking M L B? Yeah. I, I don't think so, Terry. I mean, I, I I saw some of the proposed rule changes. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think that they've done that. No, uh, there's that been t- no there's been whatsoever. talk about doing that, mm-hmm. um, and they also want to bring more speed back into the game. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's been instituted. Maybe that's one of the rules that's going to be checked, uh, going to be tried in the low minors or the independent leagues. I'll check on well. that. You'll, you'll see guys are the odds of thirty and forty stolen bases with sixty and so, seventy. If that's the case, Terry, you're not you're not wrong, but it is you are limited in twenty twenty three to two pickoffs per bat. That will okay. th- that is going to help base dealers oh, yeah. a lot. Oh, big time. They're going to get they're going to get out there and take big leads, hope and to draw a couple of throws. Keep in mind, keep in mind, the bases are bigger this year, so, so it's, it's a little closer. So it's that's be, right. Just there's a few factors in play that'll make a. Uh, I'm not Stolen so crazy about the bases being bigger. I know. Well, it's it's a safety thing to try to make it where where you don't 
run into the first baseman and have those brutal injuries that you have every now and then. I don't mind it at first base. I don't really get it at the other ones. To be honest, I, I got a feeling somebody's gonna somebody's gonna injure an ankle because they're expecting their they're just their body knows how many steps it is before they hit the bag, and they're gonna hit the bag a split second sooner, and then there goes the ankle. Maybe, sure, maybe. Yeah, I have a good day. Appreciate, Appreciate it, Terry. 334-321-1390. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Got to get to our final break of hour number one here on the Thursday Drive. At Kia of Auburn, our 10th anniversary is underway. We are just as passionate about helping customers with their automobile purchases as we were the first day we opened our doors. For February, we're shining the spotlight on the 2023 Kia Sorento. If you are ready to take your ride up a notch, we have a Sorento equipped for every endeavor and one that's just right to fit your lifestyle. You can shop our complete inventory at KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you are always number one. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final minute or so of hour number one. Yeah, the, the talk there from Terry got me thinking. And then when Carter told me that the bags are closer to home, now that bothers me. I It's bad enough. I mean, it's like, okay, you want to make it easier for them to steal bases, claim it's safer, make the bases a little larger so that they're closer together, but not closer to home. I'm gonna I love f- Grand Funk, but no, you don't understand that. But, but to be three inches, the bang-bang plays at first base that have been there, and they've yeah, always been there since the beginning of baseball. Yeah. You're right, sack flies too. I, but how many, I mean, ground balls with the best arms from infielders and the fastest base runners yeah. have always been bang-bang. You never know if they're going to be safe or out. Now they're going to be more of them safe. I'm all for batters. I'm all for batting average. But no, nah, I'm not I, for that. I, I am cannot, very much against that. I cannot wait to see when they get a data set that is big enough to compare oh, the amount of safe It's going to be significant. It's going to be significant. It is. It's going to be a, a few percent. Oh, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be. I mean, how many times a game? You just you just take for granted when you see those bang bang plays. It's like, and all of a sudden they're going to be safe, yeah. safe, safe. All right. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Don't forget, Zepp Jasper joins us at the bottom. In the meantime, we're wide open. Come on in and join us for hour number two of the Thursday Drive. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. As the NBA trade deadline passes today, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports center James Wiseman goes from the Warriors to the Pistons in a three-team deal with the Hawks. 
ESPN's Kendra Andrews on Golden State moving Wiseman. At this trade deadline with the Warriors still just hovering right above 500, Stephen Curry out indefinitely. The Warriors, if they could make a move now that they thought would help them, they were going to do it. Kendra Andrews on NBA Today. Wiseman was the second overall pick in the draft three years ago. Woj also reports the Clippers get Eric Gordon and Mason Plumley in separate trades. The Pelicans get Josh Richardson in to deal with the Spurs. San Antonio gets Devontae Graham and four second-round picks. The Lakers send center Thomas Bryant to the Nuggets. We've got the Bucks and Lakers tonight at 9.30 Eastern here on ESPN Radio. LeBron James out for the Lakers with a sore left ankle. And the Thunder send Mike Muscala to the Celtics in a trade today. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits? And one of the country's top workplaces? Come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com careers and apply online today. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill Carter here in the studio with Drew at the controls. Dan is... Uh, Calling Troy women's basketball. We've got uh, we ought, we should have we should have checked. Uh, we ought to get an update on uh, I'll see what I can find. on on what's going on right now on our sister station because there it is high school basketball postseason. Oh, you know who was supposed to have called us in the four o'clock hour? Scott Bagwell was supposed <laughs> to have called us in the four o'clock hour. I knew there was something else I thought we were going to be doing today. Thought Scott was going to check in and and we talk about Auburn High. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's right, because uh, they're 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 playing in a little while, so um, we will uh, we'll, we'll update you if we get the opportunity on what's going on in high school action. Uh, meanwhile, obviously, college basketball getting ready for game day, and Auburn, Alabama, on Saturday, one o'clock from Neville Arena, and uh, if we get a chance, we'll let you hear some comments from. Uh, uh, Bruce Pearl, as he previews the matchup with the, what are they, are they number three? Is that right? Alabama number three yes. this week? Yep. The third-ranked Crimson Tide, who uh, will come in flying high, unbeaten in SEC play, 11-0, and absolutely crushed Florida last night. Yeah. I mean, they they jumped on them. There was a stretch there in the second half where I thought, Florida might try to climb back into it, but then Alabama distanced themselves again and what got the twenty was a twenty eight point win? Is that what it was? was uh twenty eight, ninety seven, sixty nine, yeah. That's what I thought it was. But yeah, it's um it they're really good. And when they're firing on all cylinders, which is what I'm gonna keep coming back to, they're so daggum difficult to beat. They are so good. Um but I mean, I guess every now and then you will see them struggle. Um Every now and then, like we saw that Oklahoma game. I just don't think those games come around very often for them. 
They have what four losses? Three losses? On three. There? I was thinking. And it's UConn, Gonzaga, and Oklahoma. And, which is, I mean, UConn and Gonzaga, two very good teams. UConn, despite their struggles they've had in the big in the Big East, still the number six team in Kimpom, which is fascinating. Wow. With and like they were below five hundred in Big East play, like eight games in. I mean, it was it, it's Big East is an interesting league this year as well. But yeah, it's it's this this Alabama team. It's a big challenge for Auburn um, on Saturday, and I'm fascinated to see how this team responds coming off four losses in five games. Oh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, even though Auburn has played better, it sounds crazy. Um, the, the last three losses, uh, Auburn has battled back from that big deficit, as you mentioned, 17 in the second half, down 16 at halftime uh, at West Virginia in, in a tough atmosphere. Uh, and then... The, they've all three been road losses. And they've all three been games that Auburn, you know, looking back, thinks play here, play there, and they could have won. Now, they didn't, but uh, they they um, uh, played very well defensively against uh, Tennessee. Atrocious offensive game against the Vols, who are a great defensive team. Uh, but then I thought played really well against Texas A&M. Things just... Uh, you know, however you want to look at it. I mean, it, it didn't work out, but Auburn, I thought, played... Played well, both offensively and defensively, and they'll have to do better than that, better than just playing well uh, offensively and defensively on on Saturday. Again, we've got some Bruce Pearl we we can uh, let you hear in a little bit, but uh, let's remind you that, that we'd love to hear from you on the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can text us on the drive text box, Brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. That number is 334-564-1840. Hour number two of the drive. Brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care. With locations in Auburn and Opelika. On the web at orthoclinic.com. Super Bowl Sunday. How you feel? I mean, I think every... It seems like everyone that I heard who was initially saying, and you can't bet against Pat Mahomes, seems to be, it seems like everybody's coming over more and more toward the Eagles. Well, it just feels like, what, at almost every position? Now, the more complete for, team, yeah, I think. tight end and quarterback, yeah. the Eagles have the advantage everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, even running back, the defensive line, they have four double digits double digit sack guys. That's that's ridiculous. Is, it is. Yeah, I mean I, I, I can't recall the last time I've seen that as a headline uh for an NFL team because that's just that's freakish to go get that many sacks. And you saw the way that that defense got after the 49ers um and the way that you have to account for all of their defensive linemen. Otherwise you're gonna get Hassan Reddick on a tight end and he's gonna Hurt your quarterback and blow up your season like we saw with the 49ers uh, when Brock Purdy just got crushed. And now Brock Purdy's going to miss a full calendar year with uh, Tommy John. So, I mean, it's this Eagles team, the defense is really good. The D-line is elite. The The offensive line, I think, is pretty strong as well. And I would take the, the Eagles' weapons on offense over the... The Chiefs' weapons on offense. Yes, Travis Kelsey's out there, but 
you have A.J. Brown and you have Devonta Smith and mm-hmm. you've got Miles Sanders. Um, and those three, I think, kind of outweigh what the Chiefs have. It, the, only, the only thing that I think is can swing this game is if you have Pat Mahomes just go nuts and Jalen Hurts because I well I that now that could happen absolutely it can happen is you know that Pat Mahomes in his big opportunities is going to hit his big shots throughout the game that's who he is the only time that we've seen him really not do that is when he had, what, both tackles get hurt before the last time they were in the Super Bowl and they were playing an, an unbelievable Bucks defense that got after him. Uh, the question for me is, can Jalen Hurts, he's going to have more big opportunities to hit big plays because of the players around sure. him. If he hits his, they're going to win the game. If he, But if he, if he struggles, because... He really didn't have to get tested against that. He's been dealing with injuries. Didn't really have to get tested in their playoff games to this point because they've been so dominant on defense against the Giants, who the Giants may have may have had the worst, besides Saquon Barkley, collection of skill talent of a playoff team I've seen in a while. I mean, Darius Slayton was the number one receiver, yeah. and he is a Darius Slayton is a good number three in the NFL. Yeah. And he was your number one for the Giants. So they that defense gets after them, makes life difficult. They cruise to a win there. Uh, Brock Purdy gets hurt for the 49ers. Um, Joe Joe Johnson is it Joe? No, it's not Joe Johnson. What was what was that quarterback's name? Josh Johnson. He gets hurt uh, as well. And they don't have a quarterback for the 49ers. Like we haven't seen Jalen since the injury have to go be the guy that was playing. At an can they level. can they make him have to be the guy? That's that's the key for Kansas I, City. I think I think Spagnola is such a good defensive coordinator. He will make Jalen have to make plays to win. That's the what game. they have to do. That's what they're going to have to do. But I like I truly I don't know. We have no idea going into this game. It's like because of what Jalen has been, what he was the whole year, and then when he got hurt, and what he has not had to do. Right, he hasn't had to, right, he hasn't had to show that he's all the way back. Like, it kind of feels like it's a, it's a 50-50 thing. Like, he could show up and be MVP Jalen, or he could show up and be the guy who struggled a little bit with the shoulder after, after he got banged up. And if he's the, the second guy in that equation, the Chiefs are going to win the game. I, I think it all comes down to what what Jalen Hurts are are you getting in this game? We'd love to hear from you. What do you think? Give us your thoughts on the on the Super Bowl. Give us your thoughts on the the basketball Iron Bowl, if you will, Auburn Alabama on Saturday. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We've got some Bruce Pearl, don't we? Let's uh, uh we're going to talk some more basketball with Zepp Jasper at the bottom of the hour. But let's listen to some of the comments. Bruce Pearl meeting with the media today as the Tigers. Prepare for Alabama Saturday afternoon. There's, uh, you know, a lot of teams in Division One playing college basketball. And uh, one of the great things about playing in a league like the SEC is occasionally you have an opportunity to play maybe the best team in the country on your home floor. How many college basketball teams get that opportunity? It's not very many. Um, and so that's why you come to places like Auburn to and play in this league to have a chance to play against what, what I think is the best team in the league uh, and best team in the country. Um, right now they're 
Their margin of victory in SEC games is plus 22. They're scoring 85. They're giving up 63. Uh, they're number one in three-point offense and two-point offense. They're number one in two-point defense and three-point defense. Uh, I don't know that I've seen anything like that. And um, the difference between probably this team and some of the other great, talented Alabama teams that we've faced uh, is they're really locked in defensively. Um, their three-point field goal percentage defense, like 21%, and and uh, you know they're nationally ranked defensively too. So this is a this is uh, by far the most talented team we played. It's an extremely well coached team. Um, they're they're they've won on the road, um, and um, uh, and they're playing great. Obviously, playing great right now. Uh, I'm I'm really proud of my team for how we're playing. Um, you know, we've had. Uh, We've lost three out of the last four, um, but the losses at West Virginia and at Tennessee and at Texas A&M, three hard places to play where we were in, put ourselves in position to have a chance to win. Um, I don't think I don't I don't know how many teams could do that, um, and these guys have been able to do that just because they're, they're they're they've been grinding, um, and uh, even though the competition is getting better. We've also gotten better, uh, just not enough to to win. Um, questions? Bias? Uh, BP, um, talking to Dylan earlier, he was saying the mindset of the team is good despite the streak. How do you guys get it to stay there and then improve towards this weekend coming? Well, the, mindset's, the mindset is good, I mean, and it should be good. Um, and um, just from the standpoint of, you know, let's just say you're on the road against three NCAA tournament teams, and and uh, and 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 you have a chance to win. Our guys should feel good about a lot of things that they're doing, putting themselves in position to win. So, um, you know, they know that this will be our greatest challenge, and they know we, you know, we have to have special. Uh, we're gonna have a great, you know, we're gonna have a great scout, and. Um, um, but, you know, this, I mean, it, you know, you could play the slippery rock there if you want to, you know, um, you know, Vanderbilt beat Tennessee and, 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 uh, and, and Alabama beat Vanderbilt by, I don't know how many, you know, they, I mean, they, they pounded Florida last night. They've just, they've been pounding people. Okay. Chris, what did you like about the two-point guard lineup? Yeah, well, I mean, it was uh, Trey helps us offensively. Uh, having he went on the floor together does help us a bit offensively. Um, just just looking at different things, looking at different ways to score. But you can't give up 80 points and win. You just can't. Um, meanwhile, these guys are averaging averaging 85, and uh, I mean nobody's been able to hold them down. And you know, and, and, you know, so we're you know they're. They make it over 11 half threes a game. They got a bunch of guys that can shoot it. You know, they spread it. Um, I've always told you, Coach Oates, one of the best coaches in the country, and uh, does you know does a really good job. So, um, guarding them um, and guarding them in transition, they play really fast. I mean, the one thing about the game, it's going to be it'll be up tempo. It'll be an exciting game because the pace that both teams like to play at. Um, Bruce, um, you guys kind of <coughs> shut down the two Tennessee guards 
on Saturday uh, in that low-score game. Um, when it comes to defending Brandon Miller, yeah, I mean Brandon is just a—he's a, a great, great player, great talent, great kid, great family. Uh, we had him on campus for an official visit, and uh, we just couldn't break that roll tide. Dad played football, you know, just you know, um, and thought he was actually going to go pro. Um, but he is—he just reminds you so much. The kind of year he's having for Alabama reminds you so much of the kind of year that Jabari had for us. Um, he could score to all three levels. He is, he's, you know, he, he may have been 6'7 in high school. He's six, legitimately 6'9 six, now, and he's a 6'9 two guard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it'll, it, he, he presents, you know, he presents just enormous challenges as far as how you guard them and whether you can switch or not um, because he'll take advantage, he'll just take advantage of matchups. Has Sears made a big difference getting him in the transfer? Yeah, Sears has been great. We 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 offered uh, Sears and and uh, but he was a Muscle Shoals boy. He grew up grew up probably wanted to go to Alabama his whole life and and uh, um, he uh, you know just an older guard transfer. The, the the thing that make one of the things that makes Alabama really special doesn't get taught. They have three elite playmaking guards, and Bradley, and Sears and Quinterly. Those are three elite playmaking guards. And so, in, in different ways, imagine having three Wendell Greens on the floor at the same time with you know, a little bit different you know, abilities. It just makes it really, and they'll play, they'll play two of them together. Um, and so, those guys can all shoot it. They can all, you know, you know certainly Quinterly and Sears, great shooters. Um, it's. It's hard to find. I've tried working really hard the last two days trying to find weaknesses for you. There aren't many. And 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 I'm sure if there were, it's no no time right now to be giving out what those weaknesses are. But uh, yeah, Bruce Pearl. As we were talking, I mean that that's the the backcourt and uh, some of the challenges that Alabama uh, gives you. Auburn, Alabama, one o'clock on Saturday afternoon game day at ten o'clock on Saturday morning. And we just tuned in as 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 we were playing the Bruce interview to check the score of the Lee Scott Glenwood game in the uh, semifinals in the final four there of AISA and a shocker. Yes, it looks like it's a thirty nine thirty eight victory for Glenwood against Lee Scott. I don't think they'd been within. 10 points, 10, 12 points in the previous two meet matchups. Oh, they they the absolutely they destroyed played, them. And yeah. the last time they played, Lee Scott ran away with the mm -hmm. game. And um, Postseason, man. Postseason can be apparently, crazy. Apparently, Glenwood, we're going to watch it here Something crazy there at the end. They had a shot with 1.4 left to take a one-point lead. Lee Scott's uh, half-court heave went off the top of the backboard, and they were not able to uh, get back to get to the state championship. Yeah, so a uh, tough way to end a great season for uh, for Lee Scott. Uh, we'll get to our first break of hour number two. Love for you to join in as we continue here on the Thursday Drive. Lights, camera, Mardi Gras. Join us for the 6th Annual Mardi Gras Parade on Saturday, February 18th at 3 p.m. in downtown Auburn. Enjoy a family-friendly parade of beads, throws, and floats. Crooded Tigress goes to the movies Saturday, February 18th at 3 p.m. in downtown Auburn. 
Learn more at crudetigris.com. That's K-R-E-W-E-D-E-T-I-G-R-I-S.com. Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Thursday Drive. Bill and Carter. Drew at the controls, and uh, we'd love for you to join in. 334-321-1390, as you heard. Or you can text us on the drive text box, 334-564-1840. Anything on your mind. Sports-wise, we talked a little baseball as uh, we, we had a chance to uh, spend some time with the Auburn assistant baseball coaches. Um, let's see. Uh, heard some talk there about some of the the batters. Spent a little bit of time with, with Gabe Gross. Uh, we've got some, uh, some Darren Schoenrock, the, the Auburn pitching coach. And I know Carter was, uh, we were talking about this a little earlier. Um, if you can get some of that, let's, let's play a little bit of, um, coach rock. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, Darren Schoenrock, the, the mm-hmm. former Memphis head coach. He'd been, been a head coach, uh, for years, I believe 18 years as the Memphis head coach. He's been an assistant coach at two or three SEC schools and, uh, um, we'll, we'll let you hear some of his comments. You can go ahead and start it because there's a little, uh, there's a little bit of conversation that goes back and forth before he gets started. I mean, he's just sort of joking and getting ready as he sits down. So, uh, yeah, he's going to, he's going to talk about, uh, making the transition from head coach to being an assistant again. What made this a, a lucrative enough option to unretire? Well, uh, the, uh, one a the opportunity to join Butch and his and this staff, uh, and I've known all these guys for a while. And Coach Thompson and I started talking about this even back in April a little bit. And we kicked the kicked the tires and kicked it down the curve a little bit. And and uh, one thing led to another. I came down and watched the regional, and we talked a little bit more. And then the decision was made late in the summer that that I still had some. I still have some tread on the tires to, to do this, and it's been unbelievably refreshing for me not to have to lead the staff meetings, mm-hmm. not to have to raise all the money, and not have to do all the things that head coaches have to do. So it's allowed me to get back and focus on pitching and uh, and, and rebuilding a staff that was, you know, that led them to Omaha and, and had all those draft picks. And so the challenges waited. They were waiting at the door for me when I got here, and so we just hit the ground running. It's, uh, it's it's good to have an anchor, though. It's good to have an anchor. We got a diesel engine, and uh, and and Joseph is a guy that that we've handled very carefully in the in the fall because of the high volume of work and the USA stuff, and then we've handled him very carefully in this preseason, and and now we're starting to push him out there in the middle a little bit. Uh, the big difference for Joseph will be. How does his stuff play as a Friday night guy versus a Saturday or Sunday guy? There's a little difference in volume and mentality, but the team obviously feels very, very good behind him. And it's just, you know, getting Joseph to be Joseph. And it's not your typical 98-mile-an-hour, you know, 10 or 15 strikeouts a game type guy. you got to defend behind him. But he can eat some innings up in a hurry. Gabe was talking about how Nate LaRue is going to take command of his staff and got to know each pitcher. How important is that to have with a you know a leader like that? Uh, unbelievably important. Uh, he is a val- very very valuable commodity. And one of the, one of the things I did at the beginning of the fall 
obviously was try to connect with 20 individual pitchers and learn their strengths, learn their weaknesses, try to enhance their strengths, uh, teach them who they were. And But the other big piece of that was to connect with the catchers with Nate LaRue and Carter Wright and Ike Irish and Ryan Dial, trying to connect with those, those four catchers and pour as much as I can into them during the inter-squad games of what what strengths of each pitcher play, uh, what weaknesses to avoid. Uh, Nate had, you know, the, the amount of catching and defensive success that Nate had last year has been a, a big, big piece of this. To, and, he, you know, just like myself, Nate's had to learn a lot of new pitchers. So, um, so I talk with Nate as often and as much as I do with the catchers, I mean with the pitchers. We heard competition. We talk about competition. There's a lot of competition in, lot in the pitching staff right now, too. And I mean, a you lot got of a lot of arms, a lot of possibilities. A lot of possibilities, a lot of arms. Um, you know, a lot of new pieces. You know, we obviously the, some of the new guys that come to mind, uh, the, the three freshmen that look like they're going to be ready to give us some service and some help are Drew Nelson, uh, Zach Crotchfield, and Hayden Murphy. We're going to kind of shove those guys into that circle a little bit. and and see what they can do. They all function differently. Drew's got unbelievable gamesmanship, a lot of game moxie, uh, knows how his stuff plays. Uh, Zach is a is a, a, a rare, rare, you know, low to mid-90s left-hander that, that possesses a fastball that, that when he sharpens it can play at this level. Hayden Murphy's just an outstanding, what we call an outstanding mover in a and an athlete on the mound that, that has a, a real competitive mentality. So getting help from those three is very, very important in what roles. You know, I think Drew and, and Zach are kind of uh, profiling out as starting type guys um, in, in what day and what capacity, we're not sure yet. Hayden's going to find himself in the bullpen as maybe a piggyback guy. Early in the season, and, every, and this is kind of coming, coming more common in college baseball, you have – you pair starters together. You pair a piggyback guy with a starter, and you try to create a different look. If that starter can get through the lineup twice, um, that's that's unbelievable. And then you hand it to a, a piggyback guy that may be a different arsenal, maybe a lefty behind a righty and a righty behind a lefty, and then you try to get it to the four guys that are emerging in the pen right now the, to be the seventh inning on guys are, are Tommy Vale, uh, John Armstrong, Chase Isbell, uh, and Will Cannon. And those are kind of the the bullpen pieces. Uh, Christian Herberholtz is a is a transfer that that can eat up some stuff as a as a midweek starter piggyback guy. Uh, Tommy Sheehan has gotten all the way back healthy now. We're going to look for some help from him. Uh, Tanner Bauman is a junior college guy that that has started and has relieved. So he's been on both sides in, in the college game. Uh, so you can't really. You can't really overlook the experience factor that some junior college guys have. Now, their experience is not in an SEC game with you know with 4,000 people in the stands. That's the next step and the next nugget that they got to learn to deal with, and, and uh, it's hard to simulate that until you. Re- yeah, the, some of the comments from Auburn, uh, Darren Schoenrock, talking about the pitching staff. A lot of arms. Again, Auburn starts next Friday. Pick sixth. In the SEC West, 12th overall. But remember, they were picked last in the West last year. Made it all the way to Omaha. Need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Our weekly visit with Zepp Jasper Tiger takes on the other side when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Well, terms. 
time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes or so here on this Thursday afternoon. About to be evening. Bill and Carter. And uh, we're efforting Zepp Jasper. But I I would not be surprised if Auburn putting a little extra into practice here. Maybe going a little long as they get ready for for Alabama coming in Saturday. Um, Because, I mean, quite the challenges. And, yeah, it's interesting. And uh, we're going to be talking with Zepp here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, So we'll, we'll let him give us his thoughts on that. Uh, so, so with that, let's uh, uh, remind you that it's time now for our weekly Tiger Take segment brought to you by the also group, uh, the also Brook Law Group. When you need legal assistance, call Zach. He's got your back or find him on the web at alsolaw.com. And as we mentioned, senior point, uh, senior guard Zepp Jasper joining us here on the, on the drive with Tiger Takes. Zepp, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. How you guys doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, I mean, uh, just uh, everybody's excited about the, uh, the 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 big matchup, game day, and everything coming in Saturday. It's uh, man, it's been uh, a tough road trip. Where man, you guys were were very close. Probably um, one of the better defensive games, but uh, quite the struggle there in in uh, Knoxville. And I thought you guys really played well. Uh, against Texas A&M the other night, it's it's tough. You came up short both those games. Oh yeah, I thought it was very um, good outs for both of those games. Um, you know, we came up short, but you know, I thought we had a, a lot of fight. You know, on both games, um, and those great teams, Texas A&M and Tennessee, those teams that you're gonna you know see in the tournament. And um, you know, I, I know a lot of fans were disappointed, but you know, it was two defensive teams, you know, trying to claw to win. Tennessee is a great defensive team. They play great together, great team. Um, taking them, also coached by Coach Buzz. Um, he's a great coach. Um, he's been coaching for a long time, been doing it for a long time. And, you know, um, you know, I, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about the referees and, you know, the foul calls and stuff like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we play basketball. We don't worry about no foul calls. And, you know, we're just going to take these these two losses and, you know, move on. You know, I try to go to this game for Alabama game. Yeah, that's something you can't you can't afford to be thinking thinking back, looking back, and thinking about those games when you've got uh, when you've got what, what you guys have ahead and the opportunity you have on Saturday uh, at home. Um. Oh yeah. Um. You know, Saturday would be a great game. Um. I look at Alabama as one of the best teams in the in the country. Um. They've been playing like it. They're actually undefeated in the conference. Um, as in fans, we need all our fans, um, supporters. We need everyone at this game. This is probably be the biggest game of the year, Auburn Arena. Um, because I look at this game as a, a momentum game. We get this win, this will give us a lot of momentum. This will put a lot of people back on our back. And, you know, they just a team full of shooters, team full of go-getters. But, you know, it, it ain't a team that we, we haven't played that we couldn't beat. So I believe that we can, you know, beat Alabama this weekend, especially being on the Plains and, you know, being in Neville Arena. So 
we just need everyone to come out and support and, you know, just to get us pumped, you know, to get us going, to, to get the win. Zep, when you look at these, I guess, last four games or so, I think there's a lot of things that uh, I've pointed to that, that you can take away as positives. I mean, the offense in the second half against West Virginia, the way that you played the entire game against Georgia, uh, you maybe didn't have your A game on offense against Tennessee, but you're right there against the top 10 team in the country. And then I thought you were, uh, y'all were the better team on the floor on Tuesday, to be honest with you. When you look at those games, how do you take positives away from those games and keep from getting frustrated when the results may not be going the way that you would like? Well, you know, like I said, I know a lot of people look at it as, uh, like the Tennessee game. It was a close game all game. Mm-hmm. Like I say, two defensive teams going at it. You know, you got two heavy hitters going at it. You don't expect this game to be a pretty, nice, um, lovely, <laughs> making shots, all of them going in. You got to understand, you know basketball, you know the game, you know what teams do. <laughs> you know it should be a low-scoring game. You know the game plan. You know what we got to do. And as of a team, you know, I feel like we haven't given up. You know, we fought each game. We showed people that, okay, we ain't got it all together. But, you know, as a team, this thing that went down to the wire every single game. You know, all our losses. Every single game we lost one out of either one through four points. You know, and probably made a couple mistakes at the last one minute, two minutes of the game. But I look at it as, you know, these games going to prepare for March. And, you know, I'd rather lose them now than in March because we're going to have closed games like these going into March or maybe March Madness. So I feel like it gets us, it gets us prepared for teams like Alabama. It gets a team, gets us prepared for teams like Purdue, who we might see in, you know, March Madness and stuff like that. So, you know, it ain't no panic. It's, it's great stuff. Great mm-hmm. stuff comes with basketball and it's great stuff that came with it that we have been doing you know, on the road lately. Oh, yeah. I mean, talking about that, I mean, as you get ready, uh, you know, get ready for postseason, uh, you're not going to be playing on other people's home courts, and that's one thing that going onto the road, like the last two ball games in Knoxville and Texas A&M, and then having been at West Virginia, uh, that's going to more than prepare you for the tough atmospheres uh, that, that you can face in the postseason. And as we were saying, man, it's time not to flip that now and expect that kind of atmosphere uh, as Alabama comes in, you said uh, you, you said it right. They haven't lost in conference, but the last time they went to a really tough atmosphere, uh, I think you could say it was probably at Oklahoma, and things didn't work out so well for them there. And I fully expect Neville Arena to be um, probably more hostile than it was there in Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, um, me speaking to the fans, I don't care where you at. I don't care if you're in the parking lot. I better see. I don't care if the president Biden came to to Neville Arena. I need everyone, everyone. I mean, from if you won to to the hundred years old, I need you in this arena. I need you to pack this thing. Got to be the loudest it ever been. You know, um, you want to see us win? We need everyone. We need everyone to 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 will us in because we can't do it ourselves. You know, and it's gonna be home court advantage. And this one, this is a game we need. It's a game. We want to win. This is our rivalry. This is a game you'll always remember in a lifetime. So this is a thing that, you know, you want to walk out this gym, you know, with a win. You want to walk out 
to the fans and be happy. You know, so you know, I want this arena to be the loudest it ever been. Zep, talking about the atmosphere that it, it's going to be on Saturday. Y'all have been on the road a lot here recently. How much of a, I guess, comforting factor, how much how much extra energy does it give you knowing that you're finally back home in a big game in Neville Arena? Oh, it gave you a lot of energy. You know, you didn't have everyone against you. Everyone want to see you lose when you're on the road. You look up, you don't see no Auburn fans. You just hear all this Tennessee. You hear all this Texas A&M. You hear West Virginia. Man, it's just, it's just like you take a deep breath and you see it. And, and when you visualize it, you can win this game Saturday. It's, it just gives you way more confidence than what you think. It, it's like it's like a picture in your head. Like we got college game day on campus. We got an arena full of white, orange, and blue. It's our rivalry. We win this game. You know it'll be the best feeling ever. And we get. I know everyone on our team get this. I know our coaches get this in their head. You know so. Um, it's just, like I say, a breathtaking experience just to get back to, to the planes and on the home court. Yeah, what, uh, what, what a great opportunity and what a great tribute to Auburn basketball and, and, uh, because Auburn is one of just two schools now that has had game day come to its, uh, come to its campus for the last three years. Auburn and Duke are the only two schools to get game day for each of the last three years. So it's a, it's, it's a big, big honor. Hey, I wanted to ask you something, Zep. We've talked about this in the uh-huh. past. I mean, uh, you're not a guy that shoots it an awful lot, but you feel a little better about the stroke. I mean, you've hit a couple of threes in each of the last two ball games. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when I get my hand on the ball, you know, I feel like I can make every shot. Um, I'm a shooter. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm going to start knocking them down, and I got the confidence. I work hard every day with, you know, some of the coaches, and, and my shooting technique is, is working for me. So um, I'll be looking forward to, you know, getting some shots um, this upcoming game and, you know, just just enjoying it out there, you know, having fun. You know, um, that, that's what I believe is all about, having fun and making shots and just helping my team win, you know, being the 3-and-D guy out there. I know you're a guy that, that really – uh, appreciates and and relishes the challenge. You've got a challenge this week with the with the backcourt of Alabama. They've got they've got uh, some 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 uh, multiple players uh, that that uh, are tough matchups. Just talk a little bit about the guys that you're going to be going against. What you're seeing? Um, I'll be going against some guys that can really put the ball in the hoop. Who really who really been doing great this year? Um, you got the Mark Sears kid. Uh-huh. Um, he's a, he's a guy who can get going easily. I think he's the key to their team. Um, he's a transfer from Ohio. Um, I think I'll be going him from time to time. Javon Quinley, he was a guard who lightning quick, gets you going downhill, shake and bake, left, right, shot, go to the hole. Um, and, you know, from time to time, I'll be on a, their best player, um, Brandon Miller. He's a guy, he just scored from all types of levels, shoot, drive. Um, I look at him one of the best players in college basketball because – he, he's he's shown that he's a player of the year in the SEC, and you know hats off to him. You know he was he was a late bloomer, but um, I respect him. I, I love his game. I love the way he's been playing. And um, you know it's a tough. It's gonna be tough this this weekend. But you know it ain't nothing I can't handle. My name ain't the honey badger for nothing. So just be just be looking forward to me having a lot of energy, and you know just bringing that honey badger mode 
on defense because I'm, I'm sure going to bring it this weekend. I promise you. Great stuff, as as always, up man. Everybody really excited, hyped up, can't wait. Uh, it's going to be great with the with with the crowd in there, packed in there, as many as are going to be in there for game day, and then hanging around. I was saying a while ago, uh, it, th- this could be something pretty interesting. I mean, when Alabama tries to come out and walk the court, there's going to be a crowd there already giving it to them. Oh yeah, no doubt. There's going to be a crowd out there, you know, waiting on them, you know, just to come out there and you know, boom, you know. Alabama knows coming to Neville Arena, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them. But you know, it ain't nothing that you know they ain't seen. They've been in a lot of environments. They've been the top team in the country all year, so you know it's gonna be tough. Um, but what I'm for, I'm looking forward to you know winning this game and going out there and play a hard fought game. It, it should be a great one, Zepp. We really appreciate you once again taking some time joining us here on Tiger Takes. One more time before we uh, before we let you go, let everybody know how they can follow you. Um, Instagram is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N 12. Twitter is R-I-P underscore Q-U-A-N 5. All right, man. Uh, again, thanks. Best of luck this Saturday. Thank you. Zepp Jasper joining us as he does every Thursday. I, I think he's I think he's ready. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I I love the uh, mentality. The yeah. the hey, I'm I'm not the uh, honey badger for, for for nothing. I love that. That's that's the mentality that this team needs to have going into Saturday. Yeah, no question about it. Tiger takes brought to you uh, each Thursday. Here at 5.30 by the Also Brook Law Group on the web at alsolaw.com. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us here on the Thursday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes here on this Thursday. Uh Thanks, Carter, for for hanging around, man. It's it's been a I know it's been it's been a long day, a few days. I didn't realize that. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's moved pretty quickly. I mean, um, we we've had some audio. There's been some news things. uh, Our thanks to Zepp Jasper for joining us. If you missed any of the show, uh, we encourage you to check out podcasts of the driver wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Yeah, I I don't doubt. And and Bruce Pearl talked about this a little earlier today. I heard Stephen Pearl saying the same thing. I know, yeah, and Zepp sort of alluded to it. That you know, fans are 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 down in the dumps a little bit and and concerned about the losses. I mean, and I'm not saying don't worry about them, don't be concerned about them. But the players, but the players are like they know how hard they're playing. They they know what they're doing. They they feel like they know what they have done that could have won ball games, but they know they've been right there and had the opportunity to win those games. And those were road games, too. Those last three losses, I mean, mm-hmm. that were what? Um, Your three, three, and, and five-point losses, right? Yeah. The and last if, three? And if you look all at on the road, the, if you look at where those teams stack up in the Kimpom, you lose at number 36, at number 15, and at number four. So, like, 
Those are hard challenges. Yeah. And they could have, and they, 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 they were in, posi- in position to be able to win any of those games. Yes. And the, so the, now. The worst of the four is the home game against AM, where I think AM oh, yeah. just came in ready. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Auburn was. But since then. Yes. I mean. They've been capable of winning right. every single game since that point. Mm-hmm. And so now they get and now they get back home. <laughs> and now they get back home where Auburn is just a different animal. I mean, it is it is very difficult to come in. Mentioned it earlier. Alabama has won. Nate Oates has won at, uh, well, I guess he won at Auburn Arena. Was it was it Neville Arena? When, when in, it, was, it was Auburn Arena in the yeah. COVID, in the COVID right. season. Right. And, and there was not. You know, you couldn't have the full house. So, so Alabama has not won in the atmosphere anywhere resembling what it's going to be Saturday. Yeah, I'm not saying, and and they have the talent to do it. There's no question about that. But it, it will be quite a challenge for them. So, I mean, it it's uh, it should be it should be a lot of fun on yeah. Saturday. Absolutely, and it's a game where what's the record between Oates and Bruce? Three and three. So they're they're dead even. And you've got two games this year. God, you'd really love if you're an Auburn fan to win the yeah, one. Yeah, because Auburn home. swept them last year. They swept Auburn in the COVID year, and they split the first year. Wasn't there? Did they get two out of three one year because they beat Auburn I, in the tournament? I, I, I asked Oates? some. I asked somebody that, and I believe that was just before just before okay. Nate got there. I got you. I, yeah, I, I was thinking. I was thinking that too. But when I looked back at, uh, I, I didn't see it in, in the in the records when I saw it. It showed three and three, so uh, I would guess that's right. But uh, but again, yeah, um, should should be a, a great atmosphere on Saturday. I'm just glad that I have. I think I have a seat for Saturday. I don't because I'll be doing after the game with uh, Jack Hudden. Um, I, no, actually, it, I think it might be Jacob. Because I think if if uh, that's right, depends if, on what Auburn High does. It, it, yeah, it's it's don't want to fall in the, the trap. Yeah, don't want to just jump just and go. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if if Auburn High keeps winning basketball games, Cause Auburn High's got to win or they're done. Today, it, they they, they got to win tonight, which I think that game starts in six minutes. Yeah, I, think I believe it does. Start, believe it does uh, today. If they get the win tonight, then they will be playing on Saturday, and which it'll be. Jacob and I together on the uh, on the microphone after the Auburn Alabama game and here in the Auburn Network studio. Well, I mean, you're here tomorrow. Carter will be filling in tomorrow because Dan will be on the way to Louisiana. I will be on the way to Atlanta tomorrow. Um, Dan, Dan's got basketball. I've I got I got another show. I got to go to. I mean, it's I had never seen never seen John Mellencamp live. So that's who we're going to go see uh, in in Atlanta. Tomorrow, so you've got it, and there's plenty of audio. I mean, you may have you may have a co-host, but there's plenty of audio. We've got more baseball. There's basketball. Uh, I've got some football audio from the uh, coaches the other day too. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, and Dan said he might be able to call in. So um, Carter, appreciate all the all Absolutely. the the work you've been doing. You've been doing here lately. Hey, it's been fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been. Uh, some some different challenges depending on the day when some stuff kind of goes haywire. But you know, it's always kind of have to roll with the punches, and it's well, I've well, enjoyed it. Well, Drew will be here running it, so you won't have to do that. And you know, Drew Drew does he can talk as well too, <laughs> occasionally. All right, uh, appreciate our time with Zepp Jasper. Some of the uh, 
um, audio that we ran here earlier, all of our listeners today. But we're out of time here on the Thursday edition of The Drive. Carter back in tomorrow. Make sure you join in. Help him out. That's going to do it for the Thursday Drive.